You know what? I ran a half marathon three weeks ago, 13.1 miles. Yesterday, tried to run three and threw up at mile number two. And my legs hurt today. Life is weird, dude. I think uh, I think I've been drinking too much toxic masculinity, maybe, and uh, it's poisoning my body. It's dehydrating me, and I'm I'm just not able to do it anymore. I don't know, honestly, I don't really know. It's so weird, so weird how you just like fall out of shape, you know, like mentally and physically. Um, but we're back on it. We're uh, we're back on the wagon, and we're we're getting healthy again. And I'm going to be so uh, physically attractive soon that it's not fair to any of you, men or women, uh, both because of how jealous of my body you're going to be and um, how sexually frustrated you're going to be when you see me and nothing happens. So, um, sorry, not sorry about that. Uh, this podcast is, uh, just finished recording it about an hour ago. We're putting it out right away. Um, and this is with TD Cunningham, six point touchdown Cunningham. They call him touchdown, uh, to do Cunningham. Um, uh, look at these TDs. Uh, Cunningham, uh, I don't know, I'm not doing a very good job of this, uh, TD, the letter T, the letter D, Cunningham, um, check him out, he's a very funny comedian here in San Diego, uh, you can catch him pretty much anywhere, um, he's just all over the place, he's a wild man, uh, both on stage and in real life, uh, and metaphorically in the comedy game, he's just getting everywhere, getting after it, and, um, He's a, a pleasure to be around. He's He um, is, a, like I said, wild man, but very, very nice person and, and um, has really, uh, really been great for me to talk to. I've, I've enjoyed um, getting to know him over the last couple uh, weeks or months or however long it's been. And uh, like I said, he's very funny, getting ready to headline his first show at the Comedy Palace on July 26th. So check that out if you're a in San Diego and you enjoy comedy and you like wild men and if you so happen to like to support troops like Marines because he is uh, an, a Marine, um, that's an added bonus. Another reason to go support him and see him. Um, he's at the Madhouse Comedy Club all the time. He does the the train the night train something something where they do comedy until like 2 a.m. He's on that like every week and i believe that's uh thursday friday saturday or maybe friday saturday sunday i think thursday friday saturday um so if uh you don't catch him july 26th you can probably catch him uh at some point on that show and just go see the show anyway because you should be supporting local artists and comics and bands and just support local things and and uh encourage people that are doing well and um yeah, be a good person. Be a good local person. Um, uh, as far as me, um, I just did a San Diego Comedy League thing uh, this past weekend, and uh, I placed. So I've placed uh, in all three of the ones that I've done. Um, didn't get first in this one, but um, it went 
went fine. And uh, I'm looking forward to being in the playoffs at some point and hopefully winning the whole goddamn thing. Um, for shows, uh, July 20th, I'm going to be in Fresno, California, Full Circle Brewery with Freak Show LA, Freak Show, run by Cyrus and Tuesday. Um, who have been on my podcast, so you can check them out. And actually, uh, Sally Mullins is going to be on that show, too. She was on my podcast. Uh, check those ones out. Get to know them. Love them. And then come out and watch us all on Freak Show. Um, but, yeah, enough about me. Let's get to TD and hit this awesome interview. And, um, and yeah, let's uh, let's give you an opportunity to get, them, get to know them a little bit. So, uh so that you want to go check him out and see him and support him. So without further ado, this is T.D. Cunningham. Sorry about that. No, that was was very erotic, dude. (laughs) (laughs) It's got me in the mood. Dude, as soon as um, I took a sip of the beer, I knew that I did that. I was like, oh, here it comes. Uh, nah, it's, it's a fucking a penis. <laughs> penis You beer. handled it like you've uh, <laughs> been in that situation before. So it was As an alcoholic, yes. Not <laughs> a, in a heterosexual way, I've, I have... There's no judgments here, dude. <laughs> this is, you've, you've already learned this is a, a gay household. <laughs> well, a lesbian household. Whatever yeah, they're gay is. though. That's that's yeah. the same thing. I mean, that's same thing, right? They're just the female version of the that's, gay. That's that's gay, yeah. right? That's yeah. not. It's not its own. No, but LGBT, like, yeah, that's not. Isn't aren't they two th- different things now? Or oh, what? I guess so. I don't I mean, know. There are men and women. Yeah. I always thought it, gay was gay. It's like, yeah, but then you can even get into like, uh, like what about, um, you know, like. Uh, you can't say trannies, uh, <laughs> but what about you like can, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you're you not supposed yell to that for it. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Andrew Schultz has a good joke about that. It's like anytime you take a, a word and shorten it, um, it's actually, it's, uh, like a cute thing to do. Right. Yeah. So like grandmother, granny, <laughs> transgender, <laughs> tranny. It's just like the cute way. It's the cute thing to do. I, I like how the uh, gay community put Q at the end of it, too. Like they're fucking recruiting or something like they yeah. need more members. They're like, hey, if you've ever had a oh. question coming on the parade, man, you're yeah. one of us now. Oh, I like the, the plus ever? sign, too. Yeah. Like, what like, is the plus? I Like it's supposed to be like inclusive of everything. Yeah. Because like, there's not there's too many letters to I don't know. But good for them, though, you know, like I was just wondering, like, if lesbian and gay are two different things, what happens when, like, you're a man and you become a woman, but then you like women? Yeah, like, that's what uh, what's his what's her face? Caitlyn Jenner. Right. Yeah. Cause she's, she's transgender. Now she's a woman and she, she has still likes women. Well, she she has a, a girlfriend or like her uh, significant other is a. Tran- fully transitioned woman as well, who was a man who became a woman as oh, well. Okay. So, I it's crazy times, man. I yeah. mean, do what you're gonna do. Yeah, be smoke happy. Smoke them if you got them, but be happy. Uh, I'm probably horribly. Uh, all of my statements about this were probably completely 
Um, you're doing just fine. Just absolute trash. I, I, you could be you could be in the same hole with me down there, just getting 100%. berated by all the people. Like we're just a bunch of old dinosaurs. Think we sound like my grandfather bigots, right dude. now, yeah. <laughs> ranting about Italians or something. Um, I actually, uh, I've I've always kind of thought what uh, Bruce did becoming Jaitlin, Jaitlin, Caitlin was uh, kind of awesome because like. Uh, so he went to sleep Bruce and then woke up Caitlin, right? But then as Caitlin, she had all of Bruce's like gold medals, money, <laughs> cars, house. Dude, he's just like gold dug himself, right? Like, God like, that's damn, that's genius. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's. I think it's totally genius. That's a good cause, bit because he'd been like uh, he'd been divorced three different times, right? So he like lost half his stuff. Lost half of that, lost half of that. So he just looked Damn, at the rest of he's it. He's exponentially been. Yeah. He's like, oh, the rest of this is mine. I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That actually was a bit that I used to use. I'll go ahead and admit that. But um, it seemed like it was either a bit in progress. And if it was, I was going to be like, good bit. But I feel yeah. like last year uh, it would have been relevant. Now yeah. yeah a little behind. Kind of now. I feel yeah. like if you come out talking Caitlyn Jenner bits, people are going to be like, oh, this. I know this guy that hasn't developed anything new for his <laughs> ten minutes set in a while, huh? Yeah, I keep hoping that uh, she does something new to get in the news. You know, like yeah. oh, there we go. There's my opportunity. <laughs> but no, apparently she has a girlfriend. Yeah, uh, that's what I was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so we have TD Cunningham who is here for the second time. What's up? Because uh, yours truly doesn't know how to use recording equipment. Yeah, um, so this will be the first time that they hear me, yeah. but the second appearance. Yeah, you know, it's and all right. My 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 time is pretty worthless. You can <laughs> you just waste it anytime you want. You know? Yeah, well, I just throw this that. one out too while you're not. Just... I I might no uh, the I mean the problem with uh, not being able to use that first time is there's no way you'll be as good as that first time. <laughs> <laughs> I am all I'll actually be better. In fact, I yeah. went over because I mentally recorded everything we did oh, okay. like like f just complete. I mean, I had the inflections almost like an actual recording, actually a little clearer than a recording because it's in my perfect mind. <laughs> And then I decided I found the gaps and I realized what I need yeah. to you're fix. Gonna you're going to remember Stanley Kubrick's name this time. Yes. Yeah. 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 Who? That's, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a actually, you know, a, a really good thing for uh, recording a podcast is if you use inside jokes that like your audience members know nothing about. Yeah. It really hits. Hard. It really. Yeah. yeah. That's in. Yeah. It's like one of those things where you got to explain the punchline to your to the f to the crowd. That means you know you're killing it. When yeah. You're just like, <laughs> yeah. It's funny because <laughs> here's why. I thought you were gonna say follow the here's why up with something, and I. Oh no no no! I took that opportunity to. No take a no, drink. my bad. That was uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have. As soon as you took a sip, I was like, "Oh, this is my cue to sip too," and then I just created an uncomfortable fucking three seconds. My bad. <laughs> Um, so you've been a uh, member of the comedy community in San Diego for a while now, but then you were, um, I almost said deported, but deployed. <laughs> Those are two different things. Uh, and, uh, you've been back for, I think you said it was a, like a year or something. Right? April. So April. I, I haven't been oh, doing just this. this April, yeah. So I haven't been doing this for a while. I've probably been doing it like a year and some change out here. So I started the first time I started was like 2012 and, um, yeah, I got was the night I got married. Uh, it was like a, a, a just like a court wedding, 
I left because we were going to do a normal wedding after. So I just left that night and uh, went to go do the open mic at the comedy store. So, I mean, I was doing stand up and open mics since 2012, but I wasn't really doing I was doing like one a week and I did it for a few weeks and then I had to go to Japan. Then came back here and that's when I started back up probably around like 2017 and then I got deployed um but I was there was so much going on in my with my family and stuff during that time so I didn't get out much then when I got like right before I was getting deployed so I left in October of 2018 and right before that time probably a good 4 months is when I was I started booking shows and I was actually getting like three shows a week. I was really getting I I had found my voice and knew exactly. Then I went on a six month deployment. I got a lot of time to write, mm. but I didn't get to perform. I performed in Australia about four times when oh, I was there. Cool. Just at mics or yeah, there was uh one mic I did and from that mic I got three other shows. Oh, because I did because again I had That's six cool. months and I was basically they, they say and it, they say you can't rehearse without the only way to do comedy is do comedy like it's complete bullshit man. You can rehearse in your house. And you get just as much from it as you get from an open mic at one o'clock in the morning when there's no one but two comedians there. Like you get the same thing if you do it in front of a mirror, if you do it correctly and you've been out doing comedy uh, before. So, you know, if you've never done comedy, you have to do it, but you can. And you can kind of tell what's going to hit. Yeah. And I was so I was doing that. So when I got to Australia, like my sets, they, they were by the shows. They were introducing me as like from. San Diego from LA and stuff, and I was like, because my my stuff was a little tighter than like an open mic than a normal yeah. open mic stuff, because I had been practicing a lot. And then when I got back here, I kind of in April I started, I hit the ground running. I had a real saw, and I'm still doing. It. I have a plan where I I just want to do as much. I, I'm doing this as seriously as possible. Yeah, you were saying you were doing like a hundred and usually like yeah ninety to one hundred twenty minutes yeah. a week. But that's, 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 that's yeah, because when you talk, you talk to someone who's done, like, it gets depressing when you talk to other comedians, because it's like, yeah, five years, six years, and that's when I really started to get, like, my feet under me. But then when you actually talk to them, they did, for four years, one mic a week, and then eventually there was this moment in their life, most of the comedians I've talked to, where they were just like, this is it, I'm going for it, and then they started doing comedy, so like when you talk to him, it's like, oh, you've actually been doing it for two years right. and that. And then when you see where they're at and it's not six and they say six years, but it's like, no, two years, because that's when you actually started doing it every day, getting out, doing shows, hitting, doing a, like a 60 minutes to 100 minutes a week on stage. You've been doing that for a year and a half, two years. That's when it makes me feel a little bit better, because that's kind of I started that process like the first few years. I wouldn't even count them. Like I'm in basically the beginning now of where I'm actually taking it fully serious. Yeah, and you've gotten a lot better um even just in the time that I've seen you. Um which probably I guess was like probably April then. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I remember uh like I remember hearing your name and just kind of like whatever and then I think it was like not that long after you went up on stage and then you like your energy just kind of like commanded attention, you know, like it was like, Oh shit. Like, yeah, I did. I, that was purposeful too. So I've changed. 
I, I, I was doing, so that was kind of how I was before. And then I wanted to be a little more focused. I was like, I was, the idea was the energy that I naturally have, if I can focus, it, it's like a laser, like all this energy just goes, explodes into the universe. But if you could focus it, then you could get it into this one beam. That beam is extremely powerful. Yeah. But in doing that, I was trying to do the just the basic setup punchline, setup tag punchline, boom, one mi one joke every trying to get a laugh every fifteen seconds, and it just wasn't the it was I was trying to focus it and it wasn't working. So that was the very beginning when I first got back. I did that for about three weeks, and I actually have one set did thrown a jokes, um, and it's the only contest I've done. I've done like nine contests. That's the only one I've actually lost. And it was that that was kind of like and I looked I posted my set. It's on YouTube. Um, and that was kind of like where, you know, I was like, I keep it up because as a reminder to myself and also for people um, when they book me like the uh, I'll get back to that for. But um, from that moment, that's when I kind of developed into what I'm doing now. I basically have made a conscious decision. I'm going to start in a I'm going to do something that's a little more it's a little harder to do. It's usually you don't want to do it. I was talking to Zoltan last night and he was telling me like, yeah, what you're trying to do. Usually people don't want to do for about five, six years in like start where you dig a hole and then get the, yeah, you basically get the it. crowd against you and then get your way out of it. And I mean, I agree with him, but I'm just going to go for it now. Like yeah. I'm just going to go start doing it now. But that and the energy that I like the high energy thing, I was just, that was an, a, a real big, like that was a purposeful idea I've been trying yeah. to do. Yeah, I uh, actually, I like Bill Burr is one of my favorite comedians, and I think he does that better than anybody. And I think yeah. that's a big part of why people love him so much is like he can, like he can get you out, like start you out on the opposite side of him. Yeah, and then by winning you over, it's like not only funny, but like it's sort of impressive to be like, oh, I I'm laughing at something that I yeah feel like I probably shouldn't. When be he's like, at. I I want to own a gun, and then right. he talks about like not like, but not like everyone else wants to buy a gun. And then he yeah. says he wants to get a little pea shooter because uh, you won't be able. You're not going to put your earplugs in when yeah, someone yeah. comes in with an axe. Or, and or the um no reason to hit a woman. Yeah, yeah, that that th that's like the ultimate where yeah. he's just like I can I could think of like. 12 out of a drunken stupor yeah. or something. The, it's like the only thing that with that that I'm noticing is uh, you really you. The good thing is you don't really need to read the room because you're going to do whatever you're going to do anyway. Right, right. A lot of people I'm seeing their stuff depends on. Oh, all right. Well, I'll just talk to the crowd. I'll write and I don't mm -hmm. give a, I don't give a rat's ass about the crowd. Like I just want them to enjoy themselves. But I don't care who the fuck's in the room. I don't care. What's going on? I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to work my set. And I'm honestly, I'm being selfish about it. Like I drove out there. I'm going to work my set to work my set for this show to, to do whatever show I'm doing, but also for the next show or whatever goal I have. I, hey, I'm doing this. I'm doing a 20 minute set in three weeks. So this is in service of getting that 20 minutes up. Like, yeah, it's great. You guys came out tonight. But honestly, I'm not going to do crowd work because. I need to get this thing bigger. But so the, the good thing about that is you don't have to read the room as much when you're starting out from a hole. But the bad thing is, is that when people don't give you a chance, there's no way out of it. When someone just like they hear you going into your like, yeah, there's no good reason to hit a woman. Yeah, I could give you 12. That right there could get you uh, that could get someone to turn off 
immediately or and if they're not in the room they could just be like nope not listen to it yeah. change channel especially, or just start f- upsetting the whole fucking set yeah. right there well, and you're not going when you forward got 5 minutes to turn it around too. Yeah. i mean it's not really that much time yeah. you know like it i guess it depends on how much time you have but if you're going to you know dedicate a solid 15 20 minutes then you probably do have a chance to turn it around but um the best way again i we and we talked about this last time but uh you're Listeners wouldn't know because you suck um, <laughs> at editing and recording. But uh, no, what what ha- um, someone told me it was uh, Armando told me this, and he was he he was telling me basically what he does is every once in a while he'll write if he's doing a story like a long form story he'll write the joke out like the whole joke word for word, and then every two lines he'll insert a, a, a tag to make it to make a laugh and Louis Santani was saying the same thing kind of he does it differently with his phone and in shorthand but he categorizes everything either setup tag st or p setup tag punchline and then if he notices he's got too many s's then he'll put the t in or a p so he'll force like Armando was telling me he'll he'll force and he's got a joke about um you know, being at the airport is where you get introduced to your true self. And then that setup for that joke was like in the beginning when he first started, it was like a minute long. So we just started inserting these tags of yeah. like, you'll even see a priest like, God damn it. And you'll, you'll see these things. So he was forcefully writing in these tags. And Louis was telling me, and that I think that's a, a great way yeah. to do things. Yeah, I, th- I think it's good to... Um that's one of the things that I started doing recently is writing jokes out word for word. Yeah. Um, not that I, I, I do, I do most of my jokes like pretty close every time. It's not exactly the same, but um, writing it out though word for word is like, it does give you a good write. Like when you, you're able to read it like that and actually see it on paper. I think that um, it is pretty beneficial because you, you can, you can see the space of like yeah. how long, you know, how long it is before it's, it's not beneficial when you're doing it to like, all right, I'm going to write it word for word because that's how I'm fucking. Some people need the but like most people, when you talk to, that's not how they're going to prepare to get on stage. Mm-hmm. But it is beneficial to see the physical mm-hmm. layout yeah. of your joke because then you can see, you can literally see where you could wedge in. It's almost like you have built a, a model, like a 3D model of what you're actually saying. And you can see where they could use a little, you know, color like, oh, they need blue here or red here. You know, when you're actually looking at it as opposed to when you're doing it. Yeah. But um, and it, it was the difference. We were talking about this before with um Kubrick and uh, Christopher Nolan, like how Kubrick doesn't explain to his audience, over explain. He'll just he just puts it out there and people get it or they don't. Eventually, they're going to get the overall idea of what mm-hmm. The Shining's about. They might not understand all of the nuances he's putting in, but they're going to understand the big picture, and that's what matters. So he doesn't he doesn't waste as much on the setup. Uh, he put he invests it more in the tag and the punchline and the payouts. And if you look at like Nolan when he directs like Inception or anything like that. Like a lot of his stuff, he over explains to the audience and there's kind of a theme. I mean, also he's one of my favorite directors. I love his movies, but 
every movie he makes has about 40 minutes that it could get taken out of be yeah. and it's almost all set up and it's like if someone if he had sat down because you're not going to tell him he's not going to but if he had said if that was part of his process where well, i'm sure he if he, i think a lot of it comes with trusting the audience too yeah like as you as as a artist is that what that's what a stand-up comedian is like if you are committed if you if you're creating art if you're creating this set basically how someone sees that maybe not the reaction but how they understand it that that's kind of the the end state is how they understand what you're saying so it is kind of it's kind of tricky because you do want to have enough setup to make sure you're not misunderstood right like like you were the other yeah. night you were talking about it dude it sucks yeah. when you're misunderstood it doesn't suck right. when someone thinks you you're a horrible comedian right but when they misunderstand the joke like like i was at winston's i came through i had a great set i listened to it after and this lady comes up to me after and three people before tell me great set oh that was awesome that was great and, and it was a bar show so you don't you don't get that, and yeah. mostly you usually don't get laughs. Yeah, if you get them looking at you. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, usually – so <laughs> with a bar show, I just want attention. Like if I have the crowd looking at me, that means I know I'm doing well. If I'm at a club or I'm at like a house mic, something like that, an alternate show, it's a comedy show, then I know like or there's – but when it's like a bar, like a mm -hmm. bar mic or something, then I know – I mean what's – as long as they're paying attention, that means I'm doing something right. Then you'll get some laughs after that. Yeah. But when I left – so three people come up, tell me I had a great set. It felt good. Um, I had to be a little louder and yell a lot more because I couldn't just to get people to pay attention. But um, And then this woman comes out, and she says, hey, uh, and she's like smiling about it, and she's like, yeah, I worked in a comedy club in Oregon. Just a whole setup about how uh, like she's going to say that was a good set. And, and she says that was the worst thing I've ever seen anyone ever do. Um, you're a horrible comedian. And then, like, uh, I, I just left because I didn't want to get in trouble or, like, call her a cunt <laughs> or slap her or something, like, do something insane. Yeah. So I just walked. I was like, thank you, and I just left. And um, I, and she's like, yeah, yeah, run away. I, and then I turned around and sent some stuff to her. <laughs> uh, it wasn't mean, but it wasn't nice. But <laughs> She sucks. Dude, and I was just thinking, like, man, that wouldn't – if she – and then she told me why she didn't like it, and it was my eye is for immigrant joke. And she said, you, you're up there screaming about stabbing immigrant children. And I was like, lady, the joke is that there's a book that someone wrote and put I is for immigrant in it, and now my kid, who's three years old, doesn't understand what an immigrant is, but because the pictures that this person put in a children's book my kid thinks that all like a brown person is an immigrant and he points to a, a person in the street and says, M dad, look, an immigrant. And the <laughs> dude is trying to get in a fight with me over it. There's no the only children are my child. And it's his misunderstanding because of someone probably much like uh, a, a waitress in Portland <laughs> wrote a children's book and decided to use the most politically divisive idea they could. This is that's true, dude. That yeah. is this is a real fucking book that I have, and it is I is for immigrants for it's that. A it's a good premise, and it's a, I, dude. It's a good joke because yeah, it happened. It, like not exactly how the joke goes, but this B is for Brooklyn book. That shit happened. Like my son is now. 
like we had to move the but he loves the book so we had to move it because he legitimately all of the pictures in that when it gets to the letter i i is for immigrants and every picture is like black or brown or Indian. It's n- and my kid is three years old. <laughs> and again, like if you were to draw, if someone was to be like, "Hey, I'm gonna give you a pen and paper. Draw a picture of a person who looks like they tell they teach their three year old son that all brown people are immigrants." Like, ta da! Like right. here I am. That's what I look like. So this isn't a fucking good look for me when my kid's doing this shit. So we had to take this book away. And the idea was because we started to see like, oh, my God, this is this is very inappropriate. (laughs) But then I was taking it to where this the logical conclusion could be the comedic logical conclusion could Uh, be. But she just did. She completely misunderstood it. She probably heard the word immigrant and and then was immediately offended. Well, that and that's what upsets me is not that she didn't like the joke, that it wasn't funny to her. It's that she misunderstood. So I can see why people get so involved in the setup of their joke. I see why I get so involved in it. And it's hard sometimes times but you got to cut that's where the fat's going to be yeah, that can come out as the setup it's yeah. always the setup i said it on the first time we talked to but uh i kind of learned to do that just from um sometimes like a time crunch mm-hmm. so like you know you've got like 30 seconds left or 45 seconds left but you have a, a bit that's like a minute and a half so you just start trying to cut a bunch of stuff out and uh i did that a couple of times and then the jokes got like harder bigger laughs than they normally yeah. did and it was like because i i wasn't trying to over explain the joke yeah you know? that's yeah, you so. get it, it, it again it's got to be think like kubrick like he doesn't he's not wasting money he doesn't give a fuck if they understand it like he's doing his art he doesn't care if he's misunderstood because he knows what he's trying to say fuck them if they don't get it mm-hmm. he's going to give them just enough that they need so that then he get, he can get to the good stuff the entertaining stuff and Nolan, Christopher Nolan, does a little of the exact opposite. He's like, hey, I just want to make sure that everybody knows this is exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. But not not everybody is a stupid waitress in Portland. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you'd be surprised. Dude, a lot of people misunderstand <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> but I And I do. I see why. I do see why comedians do it. Yeah. The, and But that is almost every time. And it, try to tell someone that, too. Try. I've actually sat down and been like, Dude, that is a great joke. It's just a minute and 15 seconds longer than it needs to be. And they're like, no, every, all 59 sentences of that joke are required. And I'm like, I'm telling you, man, that the setup is you really don't need most of that. And I think another aspect of it, too, for like um, new comedians anyway, is uh, they're worried about um, having enough material. Yeah. For their time, you know, like they don't want to leave the stage early. Yeah. So I, I think that's another thing, too, is they just start kind of throwing things in there to make the joke longer on purpose. The but. thing, uh, the only time I'll use a lot of setup is when I'm like, I'm baiting you into thinking something like I, I have one joke about uh, my neighbor beat cancer. And, um, you know, we are really excited. It's a good thing. I'm very glad uh, you know, we we really the whole neighborhood. We thought he was going to die, and then he turned it around, which is great because he's a convicted sex offender, and the whole thing devastated him financially. So now he's got to move out of the <laughs> neighborhood. Like, it's a joke where I'm over putting the setup because I want you to go, yeah, and then I misdirect yeah. you into. So I want you to follow. So the part of the joke is being like, duh, duh. yeah, uh, yeah, we get it. I know he beat cancer, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's like. Ah, you just clap for a rapist, and then, 
and that that's that's the really only time I do it if I it, but mo or if I'm doing a new joke. I notice like if I'm doing a new joke, I'll listen to it. I'll be like, damn, I got a lot of laughs. And I'll listen. I'll be like, fuck, uh, that's half of that is unnecessary. Yeah, I think sometimes I think that ha- that happens just with a new joke though, like um, just because you're trying to think of like a lot of different ways that your premise can be funny. So like. Like, I'll find myself doing that, like, when I'm um, thinking of a new joke, uh, like, driving in my car or something. Yeah. And I'm just, like, lo- like trying to hit it at a lot of different angles, which I think... Um, yeah, and th- I'm looking up someone's... Um, so, I don't want to get his last name. Uh, Zoltan Kazazis. Oh, yeah. He was on a... He was, he was our last guest on my other podcast. Oh, he was? Yeah. Dude, he is... And He's I was great. talking to him. He He's is fucking amazing dude he's so funny yeah and it's not even that did you talk to him about his process writing uh, what he does a little bit um, he doesn't in, write dude in in that podcast we we focus more on um like fat shaming our fat friend and stuff like dude, that so. he he doesn't <laughs> if you talk to him i was yeah. i was w- he was the one who was talking to me last night about yeah. um i might be yeah, tra- he, punching above my weight going at this style that i'm trying for right now but okay. i was like hey i'm gonna do yeah. it anyway yeah because he just goes on stage with a premise and then talks and about he right. talks which yeah. is that's how you get into just talking yeah. five minutes about yeah. some shit so to be able to do that and then and and not have five minutes of wasted fucking talking that's what's what's yeah. hard to do that's eventually i i even think that's where i can be that's kind of how my mind works As i was talking to him feels like that's how my mind works exactly how he was dealing with so, and how he was like and 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 creating jokes but or like if I was to try that, it would take me at least two years from today of just I'd have to do comedy all the time like I'm doing right now. Yeah. And still two years before I would be able to have thoughts that he basically thinks in structure. Yeah. That, that that's basically what you're saying It's like he thinks in comedic structure because he can just open it. He can he can hear a thought in his head and be like, OK, enough set up. This needs a tag. He's that just blows me away. He is by far one of the most not even just one because there are people as funny as him but not as funny consistently and as talented as he is one of the most talented comedians i think out right now Mm -hmm. definitely in san diego oh definitely yeah there's i don't know if there's anyone i don't think that yeah there is anyone uh, no one i think he's the best out there just the nicest freaking person yeah great dude man yeah yeah like like I said, uh, we were trying to. We have a segment on the other podcast called uh, "Fat Shame Sean," because our like uh, the guy that sort of uh, edits and produces the podcast has got he got as fat as he's ever been. So he wanted us to start fat shaming him to make him lose weight. Yeah. So we tried to do this segment with Zoltan, and instead of fat shaming him, he was just kind of like, "Oh, what are you doing to lose weight?" And just starts <laughs> giving him like tips on how to lose weight. Advice, like, dude, I don't think you're uh, getting the the I don't segment. Think you're getting <laughs> the <laughs> He's just too nice of a person, you know. <laughs> Do you need to get going soon? Oh, no, no, I was oh, just okay. looking at stuff. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. Um, since uh, I screwed up the first uh, first podcast, we're uh, kind of time crunching TD a little. Yeah, bit I got tonight. I got yeah. Prankus. Have you ever done that show? No, I saw your flyer for it though. Yeah, uh, I got Prankus. That looks tonight. really fun. So it's a like a crowd work show. Yeah, well, it's a fucking heckler, heckler encouraged show. Yeah. show. Oh, okay. And I that sounds kind of fun. I mean, I don't I don't know how I've only uh I've only ever handled hecklers like really well a handful of times. Yeah. Uh, like there, yeah, there was one t- <laughs> one time uh, I did an abortion joke in this uh 
older lady like told me uh, yelled out that's enough and then i think uh my response was like hey this is uh this is my set so it's my choice uh to do with it <laughs> what i want with it and it like that like killed god damn that's good but uh but the <laughs> one did you have time. that in the gun loaded uh, were you like if someone says was, i'm gonna uh, do that or did that come out of nowhere it was like uh i i kind of i think i had it ready but not 100 percent like that though it was yeah. just the timing was right and i think i had sort of an idea of something like that yeah yeah and it just worked out yeah so that's yeah. fucking really good yeah and then and then uh, an example of a time i didn't handle it handle it very well is uh i did a show in july in fresno it was like 100 degrees in this brewery that didn't have air conditioning so it was really oh. hot so this guy just starts he's screaming out uh at the comedian in front of me and then i go on and and all I do is get a setup out, and then he starts screaming out before I can even get my punchline out. So I just like what was he screaming? Just about how it was too hot in there and stuff like that. So uh, I <laughs> my response to him was uh, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> like, so wait, he was wasn't. Like <laughs> it wasn't even like related to the joke. You no. were just like, take my wife, please. And he was like, it's so fucking hot in here. Yeah, yeah. But I f- I still feel like I could handled it like better than that. You know. Yeah. Like, just the screaming a shut the fuck up at a at a audience member I think is is poor. No, far. no, that's how I'm I'm <laughs> fucking that's exactly basically how what I'm I I think th- like I kind of feel like uh, you should give them a little bit of a chance and try and explain to them like hey what you're doing fuck is all shitty. That. No, fuck all that. Fuck all <laughs> that. Just, just get them right huh? for the fuck. <laughs> so for Prankus um this one cuz it's encouraged my Go yeah, to, to more playful, right? Well, no, the, my go to, I just do my set, and if they interrupt me, I'm just like, listen, I get it. It's a encouraged, heckling, encouraged show, but you're, there's a lot of things in this world you don't do that you're encouraged to do. Like read, you're encouraged <laughs> to read. <laughs> Fucking, you're. Di- I can tell by the. You're the way you look that you eat like a diabetic with a fucking death wish. Yeah, suicidal diabetic, but you're now all of a sudden someone encourages you to. To talky to the comedians, and yeah. now you're Mister. Listen to the rules. I think a good good go to is uh, um, even if they're not wearing anything like crazy, just make fun of like what they're wearing. So like, dude, a guy with a shirt, uh, a guy wearing a shirt like that shouldn't be trying to draw attention to himself. Yeah, like, just stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I think those are like real easy go to things to like. I just hate embarrass them a little bit. I hate dealing with hecklers. Um, but I mean, a lot of times the thing is. There, some, most of the time, just about 20% of the time, hecklers are actually like, I'm upset with this comedian and I will let them, I need to stop this. Yeah. 80% of the time, they just think they're helping. Yeah. They're like, whoa, hey, yeah. Like, so they don't even think you're bad. They actually think some, most of the time they think you're good. Like, this guy's great. I'm going to fucking get involved. This is, this is so good. Let's all do that. Hey, I'm going to throw in with your so, show so that's when i'm just like listen man you're not please let me go. do my yeah but then they get and emba- because that never works because then they get fucking embarrassed and now they got to throw something back now they're like yeah those are those are the the people that i that i was i'm sort of talking about that are like i feel like you need to give them a chance because they don't like a lot of people if you're not involved in comedy I think a lot of people just don't understand. Yeah. You know, like they just. They think it's just talking. Yeah. They yeah. think it's just fucking talking. Just, yeah. Which is why I hate crowd work, because when people do that, they. It encourages. G- encourages the myth yeah. of, hey, this is just talking. Yeah. It's fucking there, not. 
you hear you hear that a lot with um like big comedians that take uh you know take openers um like it, one of the ways to piss off your like your headliner is to do too much crowd work because like once you like you said once you get the crowd involved too much then they think they're a part of the show i hey yeah. if any comedian ever is a headliner and needs an opener <laughs> know that i do no fucking crowd work <laughs> none i fucking hate it i just shut up sit down listen to the fucking jokes god damn it i you're, fucking hate that you're shit very much a marine dude god damn i hate that shit <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, and and when I see it happening too on a showcase where there's like eight of us, and the third dude up is like, hey, "Where are you guys from? Oh, Philadelphia! Yeah. You got fucking spinach in there." You're like, yeah. "God damn it, dude!" Well, it really sucks when um they're obviously just trying to fill time. Like, yeah, they just don't have enough jokes, so dude. they're trying to fill time. Ah, but like yes. it, like crowd work like that's warranted, you know? Like somebody yells something out, and then you interact a little bit. I kind of get it, but like the ones that are obviously they just when it's just prepared. Yeah, they do three minutes or yeah, they're not they didn't think about that. They're like, yeah, let's do it. And they're they're just doing too much comedy for what there's someone I'm thinking specifically of in San Diego who does that. Basically, they're doing too much comedy per week than they should be. And they're they're just they so then 21 minutes. Yeah, they're exactly. They've got a (laughs) 60 minute cap. They're doing 80 minutes. And fucking some of their time is just sitting yeah. back, literally sitting down. And so, and yeah. what, what do we talk about now? Yeah. It's like fucking, I don't know what's worse, like and shit. Get, getting off like way too early or like, you know what I mean? I don't know. No, like, get off early. Yeah. Get the fuck I, off early. I, that's how I feel for, uh, Especially well, on a mic. Yeah, I guess Especially you're right. on a at, showcase, at a, at a maybe mic, not. At a mic, a hundred percent. See, with a showcase, if the dudes in the room, I always like, I always like to go in one to two people before me. Mm. So, like, first, I'll go two people before me because I like to see what the crowd's like. Then I'm always there, no matter what, for the person before me because if anything happens. Then you're ready to I'm go. right. That motherfucker, if a light falls on that dude and he dies, <laughs> they can't, while they're dragging his corpse off, <laughs> you could go up there and do I jokes. can go up and be like, hey, folks, look at over here, blah, blah, hey. blah, 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 while they're That guy fucking, was lights out, wasn't that, he? Yeah, yeah. this <laughs> dead body. That's a, like, so I, uh, in case anything, ha- I feel like that's a professional place to be. Yeah, it's like, yeah. so, but some people don't. Some people are just like, oh, okay, I got 10 minutes before I'm on. I'm going to go smoke weed on the street. Right. And it's like, dude, what if the dude you're following yeah. does something fucking crazy? What if he says something? What if some lady starts crying because he has a yeah. rape joke and she was like <laughs> raped last week or something? And, you like, and, he, and, and the <laughs> fucking uh, and the and the dude running the show pulls him off the fucking stage yeah. physically is like, I mean, you who the yeah. fuck knows what's going to happen, dude. Yeah. So I like to be there just in case. But yeah. So in a showcase. I'm going to do my 10 minutes unless like I kind of have um, I'm getting eyes with the dudes. I've never done it before. Mm-hmm. I've had someone do it for me where they were having a really bad time. So they just got up. They were like looking at me and I was like, basically, I'll yeah. I'll, I'll I'll eat the time for you. I'll do more. Uh, okay. um, and they were and it was and it worked out. But uh, with a mic, I 100% agree. Get, get off, the get off, fuck yeah. off the stage. Yeah, With an open mic, I. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you're just yeah, I mean, it's, your it's it's hard enough to get it like get time yeah. for an open mic. It's your thing. three minutes, yes, but if you're not gonna fucking use them right, just get off. Just get the fuck yeah. off. 
Yeah. Do your jokes. You're wasting and give it back. Time. Yeah. 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 I completely 100% am behind that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really frustrating actually. Especially like if you do one of these lottery ones and don't get pulled up. Yeah. And there were several people that like did that. And you're like, "Fuck, dude. Yeah. I could have I could have probably What at ACC? It's <laughs> that yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that's really the that's the only lottery mic that's like that, right? And Where, there are there are people yeah. who get up there and like, uh, what do I talk about now? And they pull Which their is phone crazy out and it's like three minutes. Yeah. If you if you can't if you don't have three minutes worth of jokes, then why like to try out? Why are you even at an open mic? I mean, you know, I can see like, why you're at an open mic, but there were times when I did, I had uh, some of my best sets in the beginning were two minutes and 15 seconds uh, at that specific mic where it's like people in the front row have like tears in their eyes and uh, I like great record, but I just, I practiced it. It was three minutes, but I was just so pumped that my three minutes went to two minutes and 15 seconds. And I'm like, fuck. So I just stopped. I'm like, well, that's good enough for me. I'm out. Yeah. Like well, the idea I had yeah. worked. I'm out. I'm not like, cause they'll tell you the people would be like, no, 45 seconds, 45, don't leave anything on the table. Like, fuck that. That's greedy. Get the fuck off. And then again, you're just, you're just too much of it. You'll just burn. Everyone will leave thinking of your shitty 45 seconds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was a, there was one of the situations where, have you done the the comedy league, San Diego comedy? Not yet. I want to. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fun, but, um, I just did it on, uh, on a Saturday, and uh, it was at a bar, and there was like it was a situation where there was way more comics. I just like saw you too. I saw a picture of you doing yeah. the league too. Yeah, so uh, there was like maybe including the bartender, like maybe four or five people watching or something. So it was pretty light crowd. Yeah, and uh, this poor person um, whose name I talked about it on the podcast with Ty too, but it was just uh, you know just dying up there, and then got off stage about a minute and a half early. Yeah. So, um, like, and not, not that it's like a bad thing because I think it happens to everybody. Uh, it just, but it brought me back to like times that it's happened to me. Like, like I, t- I told you, uh, the worst bomb I ever had was a black room. Yeah. I told yeah, you yeah. The, the, yeah. the lost recording. Um, <laughs> and that's how that felt, man. It was just crickets. I think I was supposed to do, I think it was like 10 minutes or eight minutes or something. And I think I burned through, I had about uh i had like 10 to 15 minutes of material and i burned through it in like five yeah just joke after joke because there was no laughs i was nervous like dude she and i know who you're talking about with that set and she she's had um that she she's been having like a rough but everyone has a rough few weeks and yeah that's they're needed they're fucking needed Mm -hmm. and people say you just got to power through and that's the exact opposite of what you have to you have to keep going up but something's not right. You have to fix whatever's not yeah, right. Yeah, you got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. But some people but, will say the pers- opposite. Persistence is, be, the, it yeah. is key, though. Like it's again, you, there's no, yeah. there is no fucking failure, dude. There's only the all there is 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 like there's quitting and there's dying. Like if you don't, if you don't make it, if you don't become funny, if you don't make whatever your goal is. It's like it's only lo- the, your losses lock in when you step away from the table, when you when you sell the stock, when you and this isn't even, you know, a, again, with life like you can look at your life and be like, I've been doing this for 20 years. It's not going to turn around. It's going to be bullshit. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. But it's definitely going to be if that's where you cash out, if you cash out at a point where it it's low, that's where you're going to. Ca- I mean, look at Modest Mouse. Mm-hmm. That band had what? Seven albums. 
before an a, a oh. commercially successful album, and that commercially I didn't know that, but the yeah. album that you know them from was like. 15 years into their career mm -hmm. and that was the album where they weren't even gonna make because they were like fuck this we're never gonna make it dude we're almost 40 no one's listening to our <laughs> shit who's gonna listen to us now if they weren't gonna if they weren't listening to us before that why would they listen to us now and then it just so happened to be that everything they were saying everything they were doing just wasn't for that they they weren't Re the world wasn't ready for that and right. it was just it was sad that they had to struggle but then when they did that album it fucking worked and they became huge yeah. one of the biggest bands in the fucking world and that was because they decided at least give it one more chance there's a lot of comedians like that too like yeah. uh ron white right like yeah I mean, he did comedy for I don't I don't know what it was like 20 years before he got uh the blue collar yeah deal and then that's what made him explode Thanks, man. Thanks, dude. And that is, I mean, quite honestly, that's, it, it is. It's a, and, and people say, oh, that's a stupid, yeah, you can hold on to a stock long enough and then it'll fucking go to zero and you lose everything. Sure. But this isn't, I, I just use stocks as like a reference. This isn't, it's not a literal stock. Like, you're living your life, you're doing something, it's not, it's not binary, it's not mm -hmm. make it. or If yeah. you have goals... Your goal is what it is. If you, you will make it, or you will quit, or you'll die on your way trying to make it. That's mm -hmm. it. Those are only three things that can fucking happen. Yeah. You either don't make it because you quit, or you fucking die, or you fucking make it. Yeah. And Un the unfortunately, like with comedy, it's one of the. F it's well, I don't know. I'm sure it's like it for a lot of different things too, but it's such a fucking grind. Like it's like a grind to like, especially if you're trying to hold down like a. Um, like a full-time job and then do mics late at night and then you've got a family like man that's but that's the that's the grunt that's yeah. what makes it and i actually appreciate that grind because yeah. that yeah, what is that is what makes all the people who quit the yeah. millions that hundreds of thousands of people who haven't made it who quit they it's just true. That's what, what's that it's thank you yeah. fucking keep that you aren't gonna make it and it's not because of anything other than the fact that you quit yeah. and i get it like my wife had cancer, so if something like that happened in my life, I, again, like if her cancer comes back, I'm not going to be a famous comedian. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I'll fucking go back. Maybe it won't work. I'll have to quit, and I'll come back and try it again later on. But that's the other beautiful thing about com – the good thing about comedy is like, yeah, it's a grind, but it doesn't matter – it doesn't matter what it – it doesn't matter what it, it – it, it doesn't matter your age. It's not like modeling. It's not like music. Mm, you can true. be a 75-year-old man if you're funny as a motherfucker. Yeah. You can be 75 and be a comedian. So yeah. you can. You could be like the 85-year-old Carlin yeah. or whatever. You right? can take like your time, just, man. Yeah. You can take your time. <laughs> you can go at it. You can have a little bit of persistence. Um, and instead of just trying to get at it immediately, just take your time. And it might take you 30 years. But eventually, some of the shit you're saying, everything. I mean, what I think speeds the process up is a rigorous self-honesty. Mm -hmm. If you're able to literally, if you're able to really look at yourself and through through an honest lens, remove the ego and honestly look at what's been going on, what your sets, what what are they, what's evolving, what's devolving, what's happening. the the self The self reflection will be key, and then 
other than that, I mean, you also have to, there's other parts of it you have to maintain as well. Like, you have to maintain a normal, a balance in your normal life or else you're not going to get fucking material. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's, I remember you said that too, like the last and time. I, yeah, yeah. I had a, a comedian, fr- a friend who's a comedian who basically doesn't understand the world outside of references to comedic performance. So I had to talk to him about, like, get balance in your life, not because, like, you love your wife and your children and all that. It's because, like, if you don't spend time with your wife and your children, you're not going to have anything to fucking talk about on stage. He's like, yeah, I got to start hanging out with my family more so I can get some good fucking material for stage. It's like, yeah. which is a horrible thing, but uh, hey, man, at least he's <laughs> hanging out with his family more. <laughs> whatever, it's, whatever it takes to, uh, to turn him <laughs> to into get a him good into, Yeah, a good fucking human. But it's just, I mean, honestly, oh, there are... Funny. There, there is a balance there to to everything, and it's ju- the the biggest thing. It, and, and you'll see talent too. Like talent plays a huge part. Yeah. But I was I was talking, um, on the way here about this. Like there are people who they have, you talk to them and it's kind of depressing. It's like, yeah, I've been doing comedy for seven years or six years, and you're like, God damn, man, if I'm where you're at seven years into this i'm gonna fucking not do this anymore you're depressed you're like you're depressing me then you talk to him it's like oh well for five years i was doing three mics a month oh yeah and then you know i actually was i looked around after five years of that and i was like man i am really good compared to like to these people who've been doing 16 shows and mics and everything a week i'm telling you if i really got serious about this i so last year two years ago 24 months ago i started doing it and now i'm doing you know an hour of stage time at least a week it's like oh yeah motherfucker so you've been doing comedy for two years that <laughs> you haven't been doing com- well, yeah you're exactly where a talented person with drive should be two years into comedy yes all right i can understand that because now because at first you hear him and you're like oh my god that's what working at this as hard as I've been working and having any type of talent to do this. That's what it fucking feel looks like in seven years. <laughs> Fuck me, dude. Yeah, there's a I can't remember. There was a podcast or something that I'm sure it was a podcast that I listened to. And uh, a lot of these big comedians were talking about how um, some of the most talented people that they started with um like a lot of the a lot of the most talented people that they started with don't do it anymore because it became it was came to them so easy that they didn't put any effort into it and then they didn't get any better yeah w- so they they started out really good but then it you know it was just so easy that they didn't didn't put the work in and then like they sort of just like fell off yeah who who was the specific do I they don't, i don't remember i it was i don't know i listened to maybe like 10 podcasts of like that comedians run. And I don't remember who it was. There was, um, there, uh, Nick Offerman, the dude, we talked about him before Ron uh, yeah, yeah. from, uh, parks and rec. Yeah. I try to model a lot of things off of him. Um, basically how, he, how he came up is he was in LA and he just didn't, he didn't want to do, all the shit that everyone was doing. He didn't want to sell himself. He did, he just didn't want to do, so he just wanted to do comedy. He worked. He he didn't love his job. He didn't hate it. So he just worked his job, was doing carpentry, and, you know, had other fulfilling things in his life, and then just did a bunch of comedy 
So that made him fucking even way cooler than it. And then eventually time, the, the, the time that he was living in caught up to the type of person he was and he was exactly what the fucking doctor ordered. And now he's yeah, Nick he's Offerman, dude. Yeah, people and love him now. Huh? That's, I mean, that's quite on, that's, that's quite literally what I'm trying to do with my life is just yeah. be, it just hop into the river and, you know, swim enough not to drown. I don't really need to get like, yeah, on the other side, I see a lot of nice things. Mm-hmm. It really would be cool to lay down. This is getting fucking tiring. But like I just started and like I'm just going to see where this fucking thing takes me. And I'm really, really not going to go in as as hard for those ideas. Like it was it was about we talked about this before, like the goal, like what is because you got to have a goal for me. I have to. Some people don't. But my goal isn't. Like, I will do this many shows, or I will be at this place by this time, or I'll be signed at this My goal is just to be um, funny enough, uh, like, to be a, a, a funny and an undisputed, uh, indisputably funny person, and then hopefully someday I'm able to change the, basically, our culture. If you, if you have, oh, if you have a say in shifting American culture somehow, like that's fucking huge. Yeah. And that's, that's what, if I can move the needle with humor and and my humor and my thoughts and my sense, that's it, man. And if that turns into money or that turns into fame or that turns into anything other than that, like, I don't give a fuck. I mean, I mean, I hope it doesn't turn into like some viral video of me getting raped by an orangutan that shifts the fucking, American culture, like now I'm just the guy who's like, yeah, you remember the orangutan rape guy? I mean, I mean, it would be cool to know that guy. Yeah, you so. know what I'm saying? I had him <laughs> on my podcast, but no, I'm hoping. But that's literally that's the goal. That is yeah. my goals. Like, and it and I said that to a friend. They're like, oh, well, that sounds like a fucking bullshit goal. Like a little fucking full no. of yourself. It's like fuck it, because then when you have that, you won't you you don't stop. Mm-hmm. There's no endless goal. Yeah. You just keep going. You just keep trying to shit. There's no, Mm -hmm. it's not, and it's not something that needs to be fulfilled in a shallow way. It's just something that's like, that's it. That's like a very Marine uh, mentality. I think just like, just grind and grind and grind. And, um, like, well, I guess, uh, set your, set yourself up to keep grinding. Yeah. And I just feel like, honestly, I can't afford to stop. Not even for a moment. Like in it, a lot of it has to do probably with the PTSD and stuff, but um, I just I, I feel like a shark. Like I had a lot of wasted time before I joined the military because of like jail and stuff. There was just so many times when I was like sitting in a jail cell, thinking like the world is moving, and I just got so primed behind that. And then, like when I got out of that part of my life, like that was when. I, I pretty much hit the ground running and then it got me to places I never thought I'd be hmm. like I got on a plane for the fucking first time as an adult. I was able to get in the Marine Corps. I've been lived in multiple countries, been all over the world. There's pretty much nothing. And I just constantly just look at it like that. Like I just can't afford to fucking stop. There's no there's no I don't want to retire and lay down like some people just want to take a day off like father's day i don't want to just sit in a room and be left the fuck alone like i want to go and run around with my kid and do crazy shit or fucking hang out my butt like i just always have to be doing something and this is this is one of the things when people say like why comedy or they ask me and that's that's pretty much the reason is because 
it seems like a project that will never it's something I can do for the rest of my life. Now that's pretty cool. It's something that I don't there's no I didn't build yeah. the tri- I didn't build the house and now we're good. That's a unique angle. Yeah. I like that you waited until almost an hour to bring up the like being in jail and stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna have to have you back on because that sounds like there's probably some stories there. Yeah. Uh there were, I was yeah, there was <laughs> before when I was younger and shit, I just had a I, I didn't grew I grew up in a kind of a like it was just it it was it grew up crazy and I just wasn't like a great kid. I wasn't like a horrible kid. I just had a period where I was, you know, kind of yeah. a dick and yeah. uh <laughs> just went the wrong way and it like right around that beginning end of high school uh, and then through college, I was just a reckless fucking lunatic. Well, you're a, you're a nice man now. You're yeah, wild, hopefully. <laughs> full of energy, wild, but you're a nice person now. Um, My wife actually gives me a lot of shit about that. She's like, because sometimes I'll be at home, tired, and she's like, this is some bullshit. Like, you can go on stage and scream <laughs> fucking 20 minutes, but now at home, it's like, Fucking time. I'm like I am a fucking human. Like I do, I do have. I would think that at my house I could let my guard down. She's like, "Fuck no, you can't let your guard." It's trampoline time. This kid wants to jump. Good. Hold your feet to the fire, dude. She does, man. She does, and I love her. It's it's awesome. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, people th- ask if comedy affects the family. It does affect that probably the thing. But if you if you remember quality, not quantity. Like there's a lot of people who spend a lot of time with their family, but they don't spend really any real time with their family. Yeah. So just like every moment TV you have with your family, like yeah, any moment you have, just take advantage of it, man. Yeah, yeah. With anything. Well, let's uh, let's plug some shit since yeah. we're getting close to an hour, and um, I think uh, we kept you longer than yeah, we oh were yeah, I'm hoping I'm to right. So I got Prankus, yeah. and they just moved it to the main room. So uh. Oh, awesome. Yeah, well, they're they're gonna be super pissed at me for being late, but what a uh, I'm just gonna blame it on the military. Yeah, and you got sound. Yeah, I got to get him there too because oh, he's shit. got sound. Oh man, sorry. No, uh, no, it's yeah, we'll okay. be still good, right? It's seven thirty. I said right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're good. Cool. Uh. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh let's get some quick plugs in. Uh, social media shows coming up. Um, I'm gonna edit and put this out tonight since uh yeah I, I fucked up the last one. So cool. I'll, I'll Can uh we'll yeah. take picture too. Uh, so yeah. my um. Social media is TD Cunningham, and that's just straight across the board. Instagram, uh, Facebook, I don't do Tumblr. Um, I don't think anyone really does. But uh, And Twitter, TD Cunningham. And then you, I have a YouTube channel. I, I haven't really uh, put much on it. But also, um, I'm going up in July 26th. Let me see. It's July 24, 26th, Friday, July 26th, Comedy Palace, uh, Brick, um, Gold Room, and I'm headlining. Oh, so that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember you Be said doing that, a 30-minute yeah. set there. That's your first headlining game. Yeah. Right? Oh, and that's it's cool. Awesome. Shouldn't be, like, headlining this young into the game is a big fucking yeah. deal. So that's we'll cool. see, man. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Awesome. Uh, TD Cunningham, thank you. Dude, thanks for having me. Yeah. That was T.D. Cunningham. Dope, right? How funny was he? An insightful, an insightful 
Crazy Man Marine comic. Wow, that's unique, and you should go check him out. Uh, remember July 26th, Comedy Palace, his first headlining gig. I'm sure he would be super stoked if uh, you turned out to see him that night. Um, I'm planning on being there to watch him and support him, and you can come with me if you want to. So uh, hit me up. Um, uh, per usual, if, if you enjoy the podcast, let me know on social media or on the website. Um, there's a contact link at the top right portion of the page. And if you have any ideas or you want to be on the podcast or, um, you, uh, you just have questions that you think would be interesting topics to talk about, go ahead and shoot them to me, uh, social media, uh, dusty K tunnel on, um, Instagram and Twitter, dusty tunnel on Facebook and, um, the contact link of the website, um, I I appreciate you guys listening and um you know uh I know I took a little bit of a break from there uh but this last podcast I I put out with Ty Shelton's already got a whole bunch of listens uh it's like it's picking up right where it left off and I hope it continues to grow um so yeah thank you guys so much for that and uh I love you bye